Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are delighted to be joined by Dana Gavansky, who releases her second album, When It Comes, on April 29th. Uh, Dana, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you and uh, whereabouts in the world are you joining us from? I'm really good. Um, I'm joining from London, from my living room. Excellent. Well, thank you very much once again for for joining us on the show. Um, Obviously here to have a chat about the new record uh, when it comes. Now, your first record came out right around the time that the pandemic kicked off, if I I remember rightly. It was March. Yeah, it was uh, was a a very, very different um, world to to the one that we're releasing the second album into. Um, Yeah, two days gone. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, how it's so strong is that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how has it felt to um to to be able to release, you know, your your second album in what is hopefully, you know, going to be a much more normal uh, industry, if you like. I know that things are far from completely normal, but compared to how they were when the first one came out, how does it feel to kind of be to be putting this one out now? Does it feel a lot more optimistic? Are you kind of confident about being able to get out and actually play it some more to people? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we've uh, we've already uh, finished one kind of semi long tour, um, mostly of the UK, and then one show in Paris, and that was really beautiful. Um, yeah, and I've been going to a lot of shows lately and that's, I feel like people are just so happy to be out and listening to music and seeing each other. So there, it does really feel like a big shift, Mm. you know, at first it felt really strange, but I think it's going back more to normal than it, than I could have imagined it. You yes know. yeah absolutely i mean we, we will touch on the, the first album a little bit as well but but we, with regard to the new one when did you first start working on this album when did was that like a you know i don't want to kind of dwell too much on the pandemic and lockdown and all of that kind of thing but was yeah. it a bit of a lockdown project was it something that came together sort of during that that time as a way of keeping busy after releasing the first one and not being able to release it or was it something that's come together a lot more recently while things have been a bit more open you know what were the sort of origins of this record um well the first song i wrote was actually mostly written in montreal just before the pandemic Mm. um i kiss the night uh that was written as i had to go back to montreal to apply for a visa to stay in london so i'd gone back for about a month and i was just kind of playing around on the guitar. I was at a, staying at a friend's house, you know, taking care of her cat while she was back home visiting family. And it was like the kind of holiday season. And, it, you know, there's something quite exciting and, you know, about like what my life was going to become. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was really looking forward to living in London. And then, um, and then, you know, not long after the pandemic hit and, Basically, my 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 experience of London was, it has been very pandemic based. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> but um, uh, which is interesting because you know, in the big, I mean, there there's some crazy moments of like exploring the city, like going into like 
you know, just central London and just seeing it completely empty. And, and that's like unprecedented. And it just felt like such a ghost town. It was so strange. Mm. Kind of going like, like going to the city of London on a weekend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you it know. was that I remember seeing that, you know, pictures and footage of, of what the city looked like, you know, when, when it was completely closed down and it was really surreal and kind of eerie. It was, it was so odd. It's yeah, a very unique way to uh, to see London having, yeah. having just moved there. Yeah. It must have been quite yeah, odd. Totally. Yeah. So then I um, so the rest of the album, I, it took me a while to really be able to write on my own, like to get back to writing because I think I was just so glued to what was happening and like not really knowing how to process my feelings or really being able to process and just constantly checking like, you know, the news or talking to my family. So I just kind of felt like, Oh, so distracted and kind of, you know, anxious. And I just, yeah, I wasn't able to write for a while. Um, but I started writing again because I was yeah supposed to write the album and record it like 20, October 2020, but then I developed some voice issues. So, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, ended up writing the album kind of more or less uh, within this kind of like voice loss that I was experiencing. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you kind of begin writing a record, do you have a, do you go into it with a particular approach as in you know i'm i'm going in to write a body of work here i want there to be some sort of through running line that kind of connects these songs or do you just write on a kind of song by song basis until you have a collection there that that work well as an album how much kind of pre-planning if you like goes into kind of embarking on that journey of making an album I don't think really much at all. Like I'm just <laughs> kind of like fumbling almost in the dark in the beginning, trying to like kind of more, I'm trying to hear new sounds or, or create a, melodies that excite me or can, that, that I can work with. And, and I just want to not do what I did before. I mean, or at least alter it a little bit because, you know, there is a definitely a connection between the two albums, but, I'm always just trying to look for what excites me and what sounds new and, and, um, and yeah, I never really, I, I was just talking about this with my friend, Rosie Plain, who is also an amazing musician. Mm. And she also, yeah, like, I feel like a lot of people just kind of come at it, um, without really knowing what's going to happen, but, I know there are also others who do have this whole conceptualization. I would love to approach songwriting with with a bit more in, intention in that way, mm. or at least try it. But I feel like it's often just yeah, me kind of like pulling words out of like thin air, you know, and like yeah. I'm like, oh, interesting. Where can I go with that? Yeah, I mean, you you said that that you know you. you wanted to try and mix things up a little bit and do things differently from one project to the next. Could you elaborate on that a little bit and tell us kind of what were some of the key differences between making the debut and making the new album? Mm, I think it had a lot to do with, um, well, instrumentally, it had a lot to do with kind of 
writing the songs on a little toy Casio. Not all of them were written on the Casio, but I um, I do like to change, like to, to try writing on instruments I don't feel totally comfortable on. Not that I, you know, I know how to play, like the rudiments of, of playing on the piano, but I just kind of also wanted to, it, it wasn't that I wasn't comfortable with it, but the sounds were also new. And, you know, I, I got to play around with sounds that I, you know, they're a little bit wonky. Um, so it always helps to like, to, to find ways to surprise myself, whether that be through a new instrument or through, you know, working with a drum beat or working on logic is something that I started doing for the first time. Um, I'd never like built songs up and kind of created more of a world around them. I, it was always just like me and the guitar. Yeah. It was mostly there. The first album was just me and a guitar and, you know, I eventually made demos after, but the songs were very much like, mm. you know, quite folky at first. Um, yeah, that's mostly it. And then with the second album, the voice issues kind of like created an interesting and challenging limitation. Um, interesting when I look at it now, <laughs> not during time, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, just kind of like how to, how to create something when like your main most comfortable tool, which is my voice is, is um, unwell or like just not optimal. Mm. I mean, how did you kind of navigate that? Was it just a case of waiting for, for your vocals to kind of return to normal or did you try and sort of not em- embrace, but kind of work around whatever it was that was affecting your voice to try and kind of, you know, experiment with different vocal deliveries or, you know, was, was it something that you were able to, to kind of navigate? Yeah. I mean, I think it was a day to day kind of thing. I was quite hard headed about it because I, uh, just, I did, it was really hard for me to accept it because of everything. It was really, you know, just like generally a hard time in the world. And then I really wanted to just focus on music and write an album, but like these voice issues at first, I didn't accept it at all. And I kept on kind of like, you know, making it worse. And then when it started to actually like get bad, I had to start really respecting you know, the process of getting better, which again was like a back and forth. Some days I, I, I knew had like, you know, being silent is, is actually really hard. Yeah. <laughs> like talking at all is really hard, especially like, you know, you you just forget and, and your voice is such so essential to like communication. And, and especially during the pandemic, everyone was just talking online, you know, you're constantly checking yeah, up on course. And that was like the one way to kind of connect and, feel you know like a part of something so yeah it was like a like I think the songs actually are quite reflective of like that battle which was sometimes like this it kind of theatrical battle and sometimes it was very deep and somber and sometimes it was accepting like the songs kind of range in this in like vocal delivery I think depending on yeah, it's it's yeah how I was feeling or how much I wanted to accept. Yeah. I mean 
has it kind of have the problems that you were suffering with kind of disappeared now is is everything kind of back to normal or is it still something that you're you're having to to work through it's mostly gone it i it, it took about a year and a half to really go away and then i think it went around november but then it kind of came back again when i experienced a really like I had some really difficult, like the the new year was really like a few things happened that just like (laughs) were really difficult. And then I just realized how much anxiety is connected to like how how much the body reacts to anxiety. I I knew that, but you know, um, all of a sudden I thought I was better. And then that day that this uh, big event happened, um, my voice just started going again. And then, you know, just kind of, kind of, started having some minor problems. It wasn't as bad as before, but it was still like I had to just be careful about how much I used it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I hope that um, it kind of returns to to, to, to normal as, as quickly as possible. Um, I mean, when it comes to actually kind of record, you know, once you've written the songs and you've got demos in place, how did you go about recording this album? Is it something that you are able to do kind of completely independently? Do you have a band or some regular musicians that you like to work with in the studio when, when putting all the different parts down? You know, how do you go about making that leap from the, the early demo stage to the, the kind of full productions? Um, well, we went, we took the songs to uh, TRC, the Total Refreshment Centre. Um, it's a, like a lovely space, um, kind of like a community space, but also where a lot of studios are. Um, in Dalston ish, uh, and I've also done my covers EP there. Um, like yeah, about almost over a year ago, over over two years, I guess two years ago. Um, I you know it was me and my partner who, James, who's also part of the band, and we both co-produced the album. Um. We took the songs there and we did actually have, let's see, it was me, James, Ursula on drums, uh, Demi on keys. Um, yeah, there was four of us and we were kind of just building like the basic sound of the album and then kind of, you know, we work on all, each of the songs, you know, f- for about a week. And then, and then it was just me and James mostly, you know, building them up from there. Yeah. I mean, how much, uh, you know, do you consider things like the sonics and the, the kind of sounds of the record when you're actually writing? And then when you first get into the studio, do you have a bit of a template in mind for, for how you want these songs to, to sound eventually? Or is it something that you tend to kind of work through as you're in the studio building them up? A mix of both, um, yeah. As some of, as a lot of the songs were already like demoed and kind of like built up in Logic, they had like a world around them, like a sonic texture, um, like the Reaper, for instance. That all kind of came out in one like sitting with like this, the, like the key sound, which is I think like a like a Mellotron. Uh, like electric guitar, <laughs> yeah, and that immediately 
it was one of like the rare songs that just kind of came out all in one go. I mean, the general structure of it and the feeling, um, it's a really wonky song. And then, and then we kind of just add bits and bobs to like, you know, emphasize it a bit more to kind of make it a little bit more surprising. Cause it's quite like, a, hmm. yeah. I mean, did you have, I mean, this could be going way back to even, you know, yeah. before you started properly making music, but do you have any sort of favorite records or producers? I'm thinking about albums perhaps, or, or maybe even just individual songs that first, I don't know, kind of attracted you to getting involved in not just writing songs, but thinking about production and thinking about sonics, any, any, any albums, I guess, or artists that really kind of ignited that part of the, the brain that made you go, actually, I'm, I'm paying attention here to far more than just the melody and the, the lyrics and, and paying real attention to what was going on sonically within a record. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to like go back that far, but um, I mean, I've always really been into like, uh, 60s, 70s rock. Um, it is quite lush, a lot of those records. Um, like, you know, I love Neil Young and Leonard Cohen, and that those are like kind of where my roots are, mm. listening to like a lot of kind of like, yeah, early folk, early folk rock. Um, and and um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, like currently, my I really, really love. Beverly Glenn Copeland's um, keyboard fantasies. I find that such a beautiful, luscious album, but it's also quite simple. Mm. Have you have you heard it? I haven't actually. No, but I'm going to make a note of that. I'll, I'll definitely have a listen. Yeah, he's. Um, that was an album I think that came out like in the seventies, and has only kind of come back, like you know, been rediscovered recently. And he's like eighty now, but mm. just before the pandemic hit. He, um, I think, had written new songs and was touring with, like, you know, quite a young band and, like, mm. in the world and, and picking up quite a lot of attention. But, yeah, um, there are a lot of influences. It's it's hard to, like, pin anything down because I feel like there's just so so many random influences, you know. I just, like, kind of pick yeah. things up. You know, of course, I really love um, forgetting his name. Who did the... Uh, the Beach Boys. Uh, Brian Wilson. No, no. Um, who like produced? Oh, uh, uh, Phil Spector. Yeah, I mean, I love that sound, of course. Uh, it's like very full and almost mm. like overly luxurious. But I also I like to pare things down quite a lot and and simplify things and 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 let like the melodies kind of kind of speak for themselves mm. yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah no i mean I've, i find that i find it really interesting <clears throat> kind of you know within within your music on both records there's this great kind of uh sort of pairing up of that the, the, the songs can sound quite wonky to 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 use a word you just you described earlier it's yeah. there's a kind of wonkiness here but there's also this incredibly sort of quite poppy simplistic sound to the tunes they feel kind of instantly uh familiar not in a kind of i don't mean that in like a derivative sense there's this real almost like poppy 
uh, melodic uh, nature to the songs, but at the same time, they do feel quite skewed and strange and not not yeah. typically poppy. There's a there's this, it's a really fascinating uh, pairing. I think is um, quite. I was quite curious to know yeah what some of those early influences may have been because you can kind like- of yeah you can hear real avant garde uh, elements in there, but kind of married to this really whimsical, quite poppy feel as well i'm not even sure if there's a question in there to be honest that was more of just an observation i I think like now like i think the first album yesterday's gone was really influenced by like nico and lou reed and that kind of like i really love their way of singing these really like poppy songs they just kind of you know that a lot of those like early velvet underground songs were really like you know twee almost yeah like but but they just they didn't make you like when you really listen like when you sit down and listen to these songs they're like Caroline says you know yeah yeah <laughs> like if, if if anyone else were to sing that it wouldn't sound as like gritty in a way yeah or, I don't know or absolutely. kind of dark and I feel like Nico does that as well and I was yeah a lot of I was thinking a lot about her because she just has this really classic voice mm. but at the same time it's just so like strange and bizarre and and um and her early songs were all like she used to sing these quite like poppy kind of like chart you yeah. know chart songs and then you know marianne faithful as well also something really twee about her but then she's also quite like i don't know there's just something like yeah it's true there's a real it's kind of quite poppy and simultaneously quite odd and, and just a yeah. little bit strange as well which i think is you know is, is is a really interesting um i you know i've personally found that a really interesting feature on on, on both of your records you know I th- yeah, yeah <laughs> i thought it was you know really um really interesting hearing where you'd taken the new record on that front and i i really yeah i, I was kind of really into that 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 kind of weaving of slight strangeness with really sweet and poppy melody um (laughs) but uh yeah i mean how have you uh, are you you said you've played a few dates uh already do you have a tour kind of lined up uh in the uk at the moment or are you planning on doing some international stuff and and how Mm. how difficult has it been to plan for that because i understand that there are still covid implications that can kind of Mm -hmm. derail tours quite easily even though it yeah. doesn't necessarily feel like that day I to watch day it happening all the time where i'm like oh no that tour is cancelled that tour is now cancelled yeah um i think it's worse for bigger musicians i mean like there's a lot more of this like a structure around it i mean if anyone gets covid right now even on a small tour you know that gets cancelled as well or at least postponed but um yeah i mean i just had this this one run of dates and I got COVID like a few weeks before that. Mm. And then my partner got COVID like a week after me, (laughs) like the timing was just almost perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Like thankfully, like we didn't have it very bad. It was just a really kind of like long lasting, annoying kind of like thing. Um, uh, But yeah, we, and then, yeah, yeah, it was, it was okay. I mean, I was really worried, like, you know, you put so much effort and, and like, hope and excitement into doing a tour, 
And then you think, oh, if anyone just gets COVID, like that all just goes to shit, you know? Sorry. <laughs> That's um, okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, that is a really worrying aspect of touring, uh, at the moment. Um, but yeah, we have, um, a big tour planned in September where I'll be going to Germany and Benelux and France for the first time. And then um like to play, to play yeah, shows. Yeah. And um and then hoping to get a US like a North American tour happening, but it's kind of hard to find that at the moment. Yeah. Well well, you know, I I wish you all the very best with um getting those tours lined up and um and of course I wish you all the best with the record as well. Um so yeah, thank you very much for for joining us. It's been a, a real pleasure to have you on the show, and um, yeah, we'll, wish you all the best. Hopefully, uh, catch you on one of the dates uh, when, oh, when yeah. they're uh, lined up. Definitely, thank you. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.